0: You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast.
1: For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. So, uh, we're going to talk first about the Middle East a little bit. And uh, the Middle East is obviously one of the most challenging places in the world to spread the gospel. And uh, we're going to get a little bit of background here with a video, and then we're going to look at some specific churches Uh, So let's pay attention to this video
0: first.
2: As you know, the Middle East is always at war. There's civil war all over the place. In Syria, in Sudan, in Libya, and in Yemen. And there's unrest in the rest of the countries. In Beirut, Lebanon, in Cairo, we had two revolutions. And it's not easy to be a disciple in the Middle East. Yet... With God, everything is possible. We have seen growth. We have uh, in in many, uh, in the number of the churches in our countries, we are now in 14 countries, in 21 cities. The Middle East has grown by at least 10% every year in the last four years. And 2014 was a very special year, the best we ever had. The growth was 16.5%. Our membership in the Middle East has grown from 593 to 691 disciples. God has blessed us in a great way despite all the problems, the war, and the difficulties that we are facing in the Middle East.
1: Alright, so uh, I'm just going to give you a little bit of of some of the detail about some of these churches, not every single one, but some of them. And they sent us uh, what we can pray for and what some of the challenges are. So one of the first church is in the Middle East is Sudan, which is actually in Africa. It's part of the Middle East churches because it's a Muslim country and uh, they, they relate culturally. So there's two churches in Sudan. Uh, one is here in Juba with 43 disciples and one is in Khartoum with 11 disciples. The population of Juba is actually smaller. It's 370,000 people and it's mostly a, a Christian background. So that's kind of unique. Um, and then Khartoum is, is a bigger city, so there's only, but there's only 11 disciples there. There's only 2% uh, Christian background in that, in that uh, country. Law forbids uh, evangelism. There's a lot of challenges in terms of the Muslim persecution and all that in Khartoum. And so, and, uh, in Juba, there's not as much challenge with that, but there's a civil war going on, very hard economic situation. So prayers for peace, prayers for protection, prayers for God to give the disciples faith and, uh, and to evangelize. Uh, Jordan is uh, the number of disciples there is 71. It's led by Sammy and Fadia. Um, Their population is six million people plus three million refugees. So just imagine that, if you know the population of LA is suddenly we had half that many refugees enter our you know neighborhoods and our communities. That that it's they're dealing with with a, a human crisis that's really spreading all around the Middle East. Um, so some of the challenges, restrictions of reaching out to non-Christians, controlling parents, fanaticism of these other, you know, uh, traditional Christian background. Um, but that's Jordan. I'm going to give you a little bit more about Sammy. If you remember, Sammy was in prison for his faith when he was in Iraq as a missionary. So this uh, video is going to tell you the story of Sammy, who leads the church there in Jordan. <laughs>
3: بغطاء على going to go to the city and I was going to go to the city and I was going to go to the city and I was going to go to the city and I was going to go to the city and I was going to go to the city and I was going to go I was going and و هذا استمر يمكن لحوالي سعتين وبعدين طلعوني على الغرفة لحالي ففي هذا الوقت أنا ركعت وصليت وقلت له يا رب أنا أنا جيت على العراق عشان أخدمك أنا جيت عل العراق لأن أنا بحبك فأنت شايف أنت شو عم بيصير معي وأنت إذا تطلعني من هون أنت محتاج تطلعني بعفوا من صدام حسين وبعد أنا نزلوني على 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 التحية تحت تقريبا تسعة أيام كان يضربوا فيه إن كان إن كان وإن كان كفوف وإن فيه لحديث ما كان الدم عم بنزل من من ظهري حتى ما كنتش أعرف أنام بالليل بسبب الدم اللي كان عم بنزل من ظهري بعد تسعة أيام حطوني غرفة لحالي واستمرت هاي استمرت بسمرت بغرفة لوحدي حوالي خمسة وتلاتين يوم بغرفة لحالي ما أعطوني كتاب مقدس وكان يدخلولي الأكل من خلال غرفة من خلال شباك صغير كان يحطول لي الأكل ما كنتش أشوف حدا كانت الغرفة مظلمة عظام الجاج فكنت عم بكتب ال... الآيات من الكتاب المقدس اللي هي الدراسات اللي أنا بعرفها كنت أكتبها على الحيط كل يوم الصبح أراجع الدراسات وأخذ شركتي من من ال... من, ال... من, ال... من الآيات اللي أنا كتبتها على الـ على الـ على الحيطان في يوم الأيام حسيت حالي إنه أنا إيلي شهرين ونص وما بعرف إشي عن عن عيلتي فركعت وصليت وقلت له يا رب أنا بدي أعرف إشي عن عيلتي إذا أنت بتحبني وأنا ابنك وأنت خايف أنا ما بعرف إشي عن عيلتي في هداك الوقت كان الرب بستجيب إلي وكان في أحد الأشخاص بسمع صوته فولا بقول لي أنا جيت جديد هنا وأنا بعرف إيش أخبار عن مرتك وعن أولادك أولادك بخير وأهلك موجودين عندهم أخوك موجود عندهم وأهلك موجود عندهم فكتير كتير حسيت وأدش الله بحبني وأدش الله مرافقني بستجيب للصلوات وقعدت فوق الحوالي أوقات كثيرة وأنا بصوم بقلب السجن وانا ببركع وبصلي كانش في حدا فيهم مسيحي وكان يطلب مني يكون عم بصلي لهم الهم انه الله يطلعهم من السجن ب... وصلت لحد صار الي بالسجن حوالي 140 يوم في هداك اليوم حسيت انه انا محتاج وصلت لمرحلة وكأني انا وصلت ل اللي الله اعطاني اني اكون عم فيه بالسجن وصلت اني ركعت وصليت وقلت له يا رب إذا انت بتحبني انا اليوم بدي اطلع من السجن وبدي اكون وبدي بدي اطلع اليوم من السجن وخلص انا مطلت بطلت اقدر اتحمل اكثر من هيك حقيقة بعد ساعتين كنت عم بتفاجئ انه بدقوا علي الباب وبقولوا لي انت محتاج تنزل تحت انا مش عارف ايش كان فيه نزلوني تحت وقفت قدام المحقق وقال لي المحقق انت اجاك عفو من صدام حسين قديش إلهنا عظيم و إلهنا أمين إنه برغم كل الفترة الطويلة اللي أعدتها برغم كل الألم و كل العذاب إنه أنه الله إلك حكمة من كل شيء بعطينا إياه وكل كل شيء يسوي معنا استجاب الله لصلواتي حتى لو بعد 140 يوم كان اختبار كبير عظيم إلي بالنسبة إلي إنه الله كان معاي بكل خطوة بكل صلاة بكل ألم أنا أتألمته كان الله معاي في الحكمة
1: So, amen, huh? You know, this is this is what your contribution today is going towards, is, is supporting people like Sammy and the work that he's doing. Um, when you think about the kind of persecutions that we face, you know, it's hard to be a disciple. It's You know, you face maybe some ridicule from people on the job for the teens. It's hard to stand up, to be pure, to not use curse words, to, you know, stand out in the crowd. It's challenging. But... Uh, the challenges we face are, are, are really not that hard compared to our, you know, our brothers and sisters in the Middle East and what they go through. And, you know, I was challenged by him talking about how he wrote scriptures on the wall with a chicken bone and would have his quiet time every morning uh, reviewing those scriptures. It's just like, wow, I take for granted just the opportunity to read my Bible anytime I want. And uh, how easy is it for me to let a day go by where I don't really read and study I've got to make sure I, I'm disciplined in my own walk with God. Um, but anyway, that's, that's challenging and inspiring. So they lead the church in, in Jordan, as it says there. Uh, Beirut, Lemonade, and this is where Mufid and Jesse um, uh, are serving. And uh, we've had them out. They came out, I believe it was last year, and shared with our whole region a little bit about uh, the church there and what they're doing. And uh, we'll see more in a, in a video from them about Lebanon Uh, Lebanon has really uh, become kind of a a headquarters for a lot of the work there in the Middle East. There's 52 disciples there, a lot of families, and so I'm going to let them uh, share a little video about what's going on in, in Lebanon.
4: The church is doing amazing, the disciples are really fired up to, to share their faith and, and, and God has been really blessing us with so many additions into the church uh, It's amazing to see new people coming, uh, to see families converted and, and, and we have so many families in the church that have multiple members And this is amazing uh, What's been amazing the last two years also in Lebanon Uh, Me and my wife, we've been training some young uh, uh, men and women and we have about uh, 12 of them now that can really lead Bible talks Uh, We have about 7 of them, 7 of the men that can preach on Sunday service Uh, It's amazing to see young people really standing up and want to serve and lead in the kingdom and want to share all over You know, Lebanon is is mainly a campus country We have so many different uh, uh, campus students in church it's so encouraging to see how god is really really working through them um please be praying for our church pray for lebanon for the region out here um come and visit god is really doing miracles and amazing stories out here
5: we love you and uh, uh, hope to see you one day next up we'll hear from guillermo adami who took a one-year challenge in lebanon and saw god work in some incredible ways
6: i became a disciple in the church in san diego california uh, after I graduated from the University of Michigan in 2013, I decided to uh, take a one-year challenge with four other Americans to come out here to Beirut, Lebanon to help serve our church. On the one-year challenge, we were able to uh, start a Bible talk here within the university, the American University of Beirut, and uh, which is something that the, the church here in Lebanon had never done before. As the year was wrapping up, uh, I was really inspired with the vision uh, to continue the Bible talk here at all costs. So I, I prayed a lot about it. God enabled me to stay here. Being out here the past year and a half, I've really learned just how incredible it is to be a part of the, the Fellowship of Believers in a, in a different part of the world, uh, and also how, how powerful it is having different gifts and talents from, from our, our brothers and sisters uh, worldwide. And finally, I, I've, I've been stretched spiritually in ways that I could have never imagined before. I'm so grateful I've been able to have this experience.
5: Finally, Jessie Tomei shares how God answered some pretty bold prayers that she's prayed a uh,
7: few years ago, I was praying for God to increase my influence because I thought that I, I really want to let people know about Him. And it happened that uh, Douglas Jacoby wanted to come to Lebanon and do a lecture about Does God Exist? So I thought, like, I used to work in advertising, and I said, Why don't I advertise God? So it happened that I went on TV and I talked about the lecture and somebody was watching and they called me and they asked me if I want to have my own show, but this show was for Christian, Christian people and I felt like it was an answer prayer and a great privilege for me that to honor God and talk about Him and about what He's doing in my life and I got the chance to interview a lot of disciples and to have them as a guest with me and we did most of the studies on TV like the sin study, discipleship, baptism, even church studies, and it was amazing because millions of people were watching from different backgrounds because it's an international TV not only local TV and since then God has been opening doors and honestly I share this not to tell you that I'm good, but I share this just for you to have a dream and see that God can use you. I learned to dream big. I learned that it's not about me. I always remind myself that I'm nothing, but if I let Jesus use me, He can do miracles. So I pray and I encourage all my sisters that to dream big and to let God use you. In a great way, because I believe God wants to do do through you things that you will never imagine. Just believe in Him and let Him do what He wants to do in your life.
1: That's her show, Dear Jesse. But uh, isn't that so amazing uh, how God is using her and using her gifts? And... uh, I love too, uh, the, the interview with Guillermo Adami, and uh, for our teenagers, just to think about uh, after you go to college, taking a year before you go into whatever your career is going to be, taking a year and devoting that to God, that's the one-year challenge, is I'm going to take a year before I launch into my career and just give to the kingdom, and so go somewhere, serve somewhere, and I appreciate him being willing to go to Beirut and start the, the campus ministry there and, and serve in that way, so that's, it's just inspiring to think about how God can use us. Uh, even if we're, we're uh, stable and we're set and we're here in, in uh, South Bay, we can reach out to all nations here. You know, God is bringing all nations to us. And so just having this global mentality that, that there's people in our neighborhoods right now who have connections uh, in some of these countries that we're supporting, as well as obviously contributing financially as we're going to do today. Okay, Syria is another one of our churches. There's only eight disciples there, but they're holding strong and they're actually growing uh, you know, we've all seen on the news the the civil war in Syria. It's been going on for years now and years. Uh, incredibly, incredibly challenging. One of the the toughest parts of the world to figure out. And uh, we gotta pray for our disciples there. Uh, right there, they're they're, they're kind of protected by uh, in the in the spot that they are in. Um, and uh, so we just gotta pray that God c- continues that protection and keeps them safe. In fact, right now they're able to have a sign that says. Syria Church of Christ because of where they are. But but uh, ISIS is kind of encroaching, and so we just got to pray that God keeps them safe and they're able to spread the gospel and grow. Um, uh, in Yemen, that's another obviously super challenging place. We hear about uh, people training there for jihad, and, and uh, but we have 30 disciples there. Uh, and uh, there's, there's 27 million people in that country, all Muslim, but these disciples are, are underground and sharing their faith and making other disciples. And uh, obviously, we got to keep praying for them, and keep supporting them there in Yemen. In Egypt, Egypt has gone through two revolutions even recently, uh, a lot of unrest. Uh, there's 84 disciples there. As you saw in the video, that's the oldest part of our, our work there in the Middle East. Uh, but a lot of challenges that the, the law forbidding them to share their faith, the persecution that they face not only from Muslims, but from other uh, Christian groups, you know, from traditional Coptic or uh, or Orthodox, you know, uh, uh, traditional uh, backgrounds that, that don't like what they're doing. And so they, they face a lot of persecution, a lot of ha- a hard, difficult economic situation. So we got to be praying for them. Uh, they are going to be hosting a Middle East conference uh, this summer. Called God is able. And uh, right there in Cairo. So if you have any connection to the Middle East or if you're interested in work there, I really would encourage you to find out more about this. Uh, I'll post this on our, our Facebook page as well. But uh, that's going to be uh, this August there in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, and they definitely want to invite uh, Americans to come and be a part of that if they would like to. Another thing that is kind of different that um, they did this year just recently earlier this year is they had a, um, a youth and family conference in Beirut, and they had a, a whole other group of disciples come and join them from the Nordic churches. And so I just want to show you a little bit of footage about that. But it, it, it's kind of, um, it's sort of a visual representation of these people from completely disparate parts of the world coming together. And really, uh, to me, it's kind of a metaphor for what we're doing as we're giving our offering today and how we're working together with these other disciples in the Middle East. So let's watch that.
4: Hello brothers and sisters, for the first time in the Middle East we're doing the Families and these Charity Camp uh, here in uh, Lebanon uh, with, uh, together with so many churches from the Middle East and uh, for the first time with the help of our brothers and sisters from the Nordic region we have about 70 of them with their children here we are here at the site in the orphanage called Dar al Awlad. We've been uh, working for four days, and that's our last day, just cleaning, uh, painting, uh, trying to really work together uh, with our children, uh, united to be able to support and help uh, the orphanage here, and to really show the love of Christ through practically our lives, not only uh, just our preaching.
0: Jesus said that he came to serve and to give his life. And we are feeling this, that our brothers and sisters are coming here to really give, to give their life, to give their heart, not only serving. We are very we to be able to do this <laughs> great experience. We are going to be able to do and we are going to be able do this. This is the way we are going to be able to
7: ايه مبسوطه جدا بتجربة الجديده اللي احنا بنعيشها دلوقتي ايه مقدرين العمل الرائع اللي انت الفرصة الفرصه ان احنا نحضر المؤتمر زي ده بالذات الاخص في كنايه اسكندنيفيا وازاي بنشوفهم مثل في خدمتهم وعطائهم وازاي هم بذلين كل طاقتهم علشان يقدموا المسيح فعلا في صوره حيه
1: so, uh, it's cool to see, you know, these, these people from the Nordic countries. And one of the guys shares, uh, about how he was from, grew up in an orphanage in Scandinavia, but now he's helping serve in an orphanage in Beirut, and just how, uh, kind of surreal that is. But his dream for these kids that, through making a difference that they could come up, uh, grow up and have some of the opportunities that, that he has. Another thing they did as part of the Youth and Family Conference, so they served at an orphanage. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the project we do here, so it's kind of neat. But um, they also had a teen camp, youth camp, uh, kind of combined with some of the teens from the Nordic uh, churches and then the, the, some of the teens from this Middle East region. So they kind of came together. So you see the sort of coming together of different cultures all together. I just want to play you a couple of quick bits of video on that. This is them dancing.
8: High,
1: the <laughs>
0: Here's,
1: the Here's them getting off the buses. This is makes our that because it just uh it, it feels like our team camps you know it just reminds me that hey we're all the same you know and uh, we're all part of the same kingdom of god and uh, just seeing these you know super blonde kids from the nordic churches and a little bit darker kids from the, the middle east all coming together and having a great time together what an awesome thing that is and uh, i just love that we could be a part of it even as we give today we're helping support what they're doing right there all right, we're going to talk now about the Mexico and Central America churches. Uh, there's a whole lot more of them. And um, so I'm just going to kind of go through. This is uh, uh, from Disciples Today. If you're not familiar with the website, it's called Disciples Today. You can Google that or it's dtoday.net if you want to go to that website. And you can go to Church Locator and see where our churches are in different parts of the world and how big they are, how, what their attendance is. So this is uh, from Latin America right here. So you'll see, um, you know, this is the attendance they have. So there's some that are like Brazil, obviously, that's South America. But some of the ones in Central and South America, Central and uh, America and Mexico that we support are like Colombia there. Uh, 720 um, people show up at church. Um, Guatemala, 744 people uh, are in attendance at that church. And a number of us have traveled down there and helped serve in Guatemala. They do a lot for the poor, as we'll talk about here in a minute. In Honduras, San Pedro Sula, 568 people. Uh, here's some of the Mexican churches, uh, 298 there. And Cuernacol, uh, I can't say it. Guadalajara, 289. Uh, Dustin and I visited there one time. Monterrey, 538. So, you know, there's some big churches there in Mexico. Um, the, the, the largest church is Mexico City. Uh, which you might have already seen. They have an attendance of 4,500, I believe, uh, on Sundays. So this just kind of gives you an idea of, of some of the churches there that that, uh, that you're, you are helping to support. Um, so we're just going to look at a few of them, just a few stories. Obviously, we can't look at all those churches, but just a few stories, a few details. Uh, this is one of the newest churches, Malpacillo, Nicaragua. Uh, it started there's 115 people in attendance now it started with just two that uh, were they had to go back to this village it's a small village they had to go back there and uh, there's a brother and sister that a brother and his wife that you'll see uh, on the video here in a second but they started a bread factory and uh, through uh, this this business they employed disciples and they built the church there and shared their faith and it's just been growing very organically uh, but one of the challenges that they had there was with the water. Uh, the, the, there was very poor water there. It was causing illness. Uh, people were having kidney issues um, for a time for three months. They had no water at all. And so uh, some church, uh, the, the nearby church sent them all these bottles of water. So the church there got bottles of water from another church uh, one of our churches and then they would share these bottles of water with the villagers, with other people. Um, and so uh, we really felt like something has to be done there. And so uh, our Long Beach Church and Turning Point Church uh, partnered to go down there and build uh, a well there. This happened last uh, December. So there, here's a little bit of video about that. This is, uh, you'll recognize this guy.
8: Um, so I know that for many years the Turning Point Church has um, donated money every single year to help drill clean drinking water wells in different countries all around the world. And uh, last year, we discovered that that the city of Malpaisio in Nicaragua didn't have clean drinking water and that it was a huge need for them to have a well built for them. And so, Turning Point called up Long Beach, which is my church, and uh, we all decided that it was a no-brainer that we had to drill this well for this city. And so, um, here we are, and um, this is the water tank that, that, that we helped drill the water for, and Mount um, uh, now has clean drinking water.
1: And you can't tell from that video, but he's actually standing up on this tower. There's some and Jay Miners standing up on the top of the tower, and then they'll cut down. So they're way up there. There's their, their water tower uh, to give them clean drinking water. But it just gives you a, a, a glimpse of, of what life is like in some of these places that we're supporting and why they need our contributions. Uh, you know, you imagine being in a situation where you you can't even get water. You know, they said we don't even care about electricity. If we can just get clean water, um, you know that 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 it's you can't build a church like that without some outside support. And so the 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 difference you make such a difference in the lives, spiritual lives of people by your sacrifice and by your your contributions. And what, what for us is just a few dollars or a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars for them is. Is is huge, 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 huge impact that it has over there. The kind of impact that, that what we contribute can do. And so this is the couple that leads the church there. I want to let them share a little bit. I just appreciate how uh, grateful they are. That's what comes through to me is their their amazing gratitude. Yeah que
4: no solo es Malpaisillo y Managua, sino que hay otras, otros hermanos en otro lugares que están pensando también. Y eso ayuda mucho,
0: uh, eso da mucha seguridad en porque no es una iglesia de aprendizaje, no es una iglesia de
8: fin, donde nos preocupamos uno por otro. Y esto ha impactado mucho fe.
1: So, you know, I just appreciate how they are so grateful that they're a part of a greater Greater church and something that's bigger than just them. And that's really true for us as well. Uh, we need them just as much as they need us because our giving and our contributing and even hearing these stories, it helps our, it helps our faith and it helps our perspective. It helps us not to, you know, complain about our first world problems. You know, my latte is too cold or whatever it is, you know, that we complain about. Uh, man, we're so blessed to live in this country. Uh, one of the latest things that's happening here in Malpaisio is there's a medical and dental clinic that's being built right now. Uh, a couple from the, the United States made this their own mission to to fund this. And it's becoming its own nonprofit organization. They need continued funding for this to, to continue to grow. Uh, the name of the of the organization is called In His Step Central America. But they're, they're trying to build something similar to what we have in Cambodia where they're able to provide uh, medical care and dental care for, for people around. So that's being built right now, uh, at the church there in Malpacillo. Uh, so you can be praying for that, uh, work there. And if those of you who are involved in dental or, or medical profession, you know, you might, uh, find out more about this and be able to help out. Uh, this is a little glimpse of the church there, so you can see how big it is. Again, it's just a couple years old, uh, and where they meet. That says it all, right? Those faces. That's who you're giving to today. So keep that in your mind as you uh, as you give your offering a little bit later. Okay, uh, Guatemala City. A lot of us, several of us, who's been down to Guatemala? Guatemala, raise your hand. Okay, so several of us have been down there, helped with uh, some of the uh, Hope Brigades and the things that go on there. There's a school there that was started a while back uh, that several of us have have, uh, helped out or or given to these kids. We're going to see a video about the school there. Uh, Our region was able to make a contribution which added another grade to that school. And it's really making a huge difference because it's in this part of the city where uh, it, just a, extreme poverty. And so the idea is, like, let's not just, uh, you know, teach a man to fi- Let's not just give a man a fish, but let's teach a man to fish. In other words, let's help them to bring them out of poverty by educating them and giving them life skills and setting them up rather than just, just giving them food, but let's do more. And so that's what the, the, the Hope School is really all about. So let's watch a video about...
5: Guatemala is located in Central America, just south of Mexico. It's home to over 14 million people, and it's famous for its coffee and rich Mayan and Spanish culture. Unfortunately, over half of the population lives below the poverty line. In some locations, children cannot attend elementary school simply because of the tuition costs. Without an education, some of them start working at a young age or end up working in factories for just a few dollars a day. However, through the efforts of Hope Worldwide, a new opportunity has opened for one neighborhood.
9: Buenos días, yo me llamo Deleni right Mendoza, tengo once años. Mi mamá trae el sustento para mi casa. Aunque algunas veces comemos tortillas con sal, no me interesa lo que comamos, pero lo que me interesa es que comamos con orgullo y con la felicidad. Me encanta esta familia, aunque sea que vivimos en la pobreza. Yo me levanto a las siete y media, después de las siete y media, plancho mi uniforme y me voy a la escuela feliz.
5: Dinelli lives in an incredibly poor part of Guatemala City called the Railroad Tracks neighborhood. In 2002, Hope Worldwide started a school in this neighborhood which offered children an opportunity to get an education for far less than the cost of other schools. As of today, Hope School enrolls about 220 students every year and provides classes from pre-K to sixth grade. ICOC Hot News visited the Hope School and was encouraged to find out how it's affecting both students and teachers.
9: Yo me siento feliz de estudiar en la escuela de Hope, es el lugar donde yo aprendí la educación y el respeto. Si no estuviera en el colegio Hope, no tendría la educación que tengo ahora. Agradezco a Dios porque me ha dado el apoyo de estar en la escuelita Hope. Empecé a estudiar ahí desde los cinco años y ahora estoy en quinto grado. Eh, le doy gracias a Dios por poner cerca esta escuela y gracias a los profesores de HOP. Yo soy Zayla Giselle, taqué mosquito, estoy en sexto grado. Eh, en mi hogar solo trabajan mi tía y mi mamá, ya que ellos trabajan en una maquila que se llama Yunjin. Desde que entran a las 7 de la mañana, salen hasta las siete y media de la noche. Gracias al colegio HOP, yo puedo estudiar para prepararme cuando sea grande. Ellos no cobran mucho para que nosotros tengamos un buen sustento en esta casa. Hola, mi nombre es Mariela Elizabeth Ruano, Eh, hace 11 años trabajo para este lugar, ha sido muy especial poder trabajar con estos niños. Quiero contarles que la situación económica acá en nuestro país no ha sido fácil y personalmente me he visto muchos problemas, ya que mis hermanos y yo sostenemos nuestro hogar, nuestra casa, vivimos solo con mi mamá. Solicité mi trabajo en diferentes lugares y en ningún lugar se me dio pero aquí vine a encontrar la oportunidad de poder compartir con estos niños de poder ejercer mi profesión. Fue un recuerdo cuando ellos me celebraron por primera vez mi cumpleaños y fue algo que me enamoró mucho de cada uno de ellos. A la vez yo he crecido mucho en mi fe como discípula y creo que eso vale mucho más que el dinero. Alabo a Dios por todo lo que él me
2: da.
5: The Hope Chapter in Guatemala looks forward to the day when they can build a bigger school, one that will support students past 6th grade and even prepare them for college. For now, the school will continue to give students like Denelli and Sila hope for a better future, and will also enable teachers like Mariella to serve their community through their careers. Here at Hot News, we salute the efforts of the disciples in Guatemala and Hope Worldwide as they continue to serve the poor. We are proud of Hope Worldwide, and you should be too.
1: So Hope Worldwide, if, if you're not familiar, but that's our benevolent organization of our churches, and, uh, there's a, uh, there's a partnership between, and disciples volunteer for Hope Worldwide, and Hope, Hope is supported by the church, and, and, and we donate to Hope, and then Hope is able to take those funds and go out and, and, and make one dollar become ten dollars through donations from other, uh, uh, you know, corporations and so on that uh, that give money to some of these projects. So there's really a, a hand-in-hand partnership with the gospel and serving the poor. Just like Jesus served the poor and he preached the word and his, his disciples pre- served the poor and preached the word, that's what we're doing in these in these countries. Is we're serving the poor through the works of hope worldwide, and then we're preaching the word and building the churches and making disciples. So it's really a hand in hand partnership. So Guatemala is a is a great example of that. And and we support, with our offering today, we're supporting the work that they're doing there. Uh, just a couple of things happening in Guatemala. This is just a story from there of a of a teen who was baptized. He'd lost his father at age fifteen. Uh, and it's kind of on his own, and he just got baptized recently. This is very recent, like last month. Uh, that's him getting baptized there. Um, these are uh, some uh, them, them sharing scriptures and and breakfast in Central Park. So they're they're serving people who are poor, but also again, serving the poor and preaching the word hand in hand there. Uh, Tijuana. I want to show you this one. Whoops. Let me go back. Tijuana. Uh, everybody here knows about Tijuana because it's just a short drive south of here, just across the border from San Diego. And uh, there's, uh, they have attendance of 260 uh, uh, people there in Tijuana. Tijuana is a place we could all go and serve and, and serve in an orphanage there. There's a lot of projects that they do. But they uh, recently celebrated uh, their 22nd anniversary, I believe it was. And so this is a little bit of a video about Tijuana. And, and then they planted recently a church in Ensenada. I'll talk about that in just one second. So let's watch this video first. A little bit of Tijuana.
0: Por llevar mi pecado, y cuando pienso en tu mano, hasta aquí hemos llegado por tu fidelidad. Y no me quiero
8: conformar.
1: That's a planting in Mexicali. And then they also recently planted uh, Ensenada. There's a, a picture of the Ensenada mission team. And this just happened uh, uh, a few months back. Uh, they had their first inaugural service. So I just want to show you a little video footage of their first inaugural service. So this is a group. That's the mission team right now. And then they did a lot of work into this per- first uh, service that they had. And I'll show you what that looked like. I set
0: Y en la noche tuve bestas
1: first service December 4th you can see that was and uh, they have a group about this big their very first service uh, in Ensenada so that just tells you how hungry people are for the word of God in in, in these countries uh, especially in Latin America and uh, just that what we give today what we contribute can make such a difference in people's lives. Um, Honduras uh, quickly there, there's three churches in Honduras those are the attendances in San Pedro Sula Tegua. I can't say it. Somebody. OK, there you go. Uh, that's that's where they are. Uh, here's campus Bible talks there in Honduras. I just love that because they're out there sharing their faith, uh, having Bible talk on campus. That's what it looks like when the students are gathered there having a Bible discussion uh, or right there on campus. Uh, or I mean, in, in, right there in the cl- near the classrooms, preaching the word on campus, just like we do at our campuses. That's down in Honduras. Um here's a campus brother getting baptized.
8: That's
1: from the campus ministry there in Honduras. Komaqueagua, uh, that's one of the churches there. Um, here's a, David Castillo just got baptized. This was like last month, a, a teen, teenager. Here's them having a teen ministry workshop there. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can just see, uh, it looks like our teens, you know, hanging out, reading the Bible, having a teen ministry together. Uh, Panama, there's 135 there. And just wanted to show you a few photos of there, uh, a few stories. Here's a, uh, a faithful brother who just was able to baptize his wife there in Panama. Uh, here's the, here they're serving at a children's hospital. They wear the same Hope Worldwide shirts that we do when we serve uh, our community. Uh, so it looks like one of our our get-togethers, but they're down in Panama. Uh, here's a couple who was just baptized. Again, just giving you a flavor of what it's like in the church there. It's a lot like our church uh, there down in Panama. Here's Panama Youth Camp. You see can, can see you've got uh, a kid dabbing in that photo, just like in our photos, uh, at their youth camp. El Salvador, this is where... Uh, uh, Josue and uh, Veronica Ortega uh, serve, and there you can see them serving the poor there. Um, Same Hope t-shirts. Mexico City, this is the largest uh, city, uh, largest church, as I mentioned. That's their, their highest attendance there, 4,500. They had a recent anniversary service, and uh, 30th anniversary service, you can see. They met in a beautiful facility. Doug Arthur is going to talk just a little bit about that service here on this video, what that was like.
10: My name is Douglas Arthur, and I've attended one of the most incredible services I've ever been to in my life. Here in Mexico City, they met in this magnificent facility. The whole church was together. It was inspiring, and it, what encourages me the most about this church, I've been around a long time. I've never seen a church embrace so quickly a direction and a vision. There's progress in terms of the eldership, in terms of the board, in terms of training the next generation, the women's ministry. Everybody is united. The church hadn't met for several years, and this was one fantastic event. Maybe the highlight for me was right at the very end. The teens were leading the singing, and one young brother, one teenager, was singing with all of his might, leading the way. And when he finished, that was his last song, but the church just cheered more
8: and (laughs) more.
10: So he looked around he said i have one more song and he came back with such passion and enthusiasm it was totally inspiring but this has been an incredible day in an incredible venue with a marvelous church thanks so much
1: so even though the church is so large large it's really challenging to meet all together uh it's super expensive super difficult but it was a great uh, uh celebration there of their 30th anniversary uh, last last uh quick story here um, uh, Steve is on the board and, uh, for for the mission work down there, but he hadn't even heard of this place because it's kind of you know we're getting to places we haven't heard of. Uh, and uh, but this is neat uh, story just to close with. Um, our, our we have a Latin ministry, two Latin ministries here in our region. We have five churches in the Costa L.A. region, and um, we one of the, one of our uh, our the leaders of one of the churches, Sergio and Jimena. Their daughter uh, Tatiana met a started talking to another woman at Costco and, uh, you know, started up a conversation. And so then they started talking to her and they shared their faith with her. And she came to church and started studying the Bible. And as part of studying the Bible, she really wanted to get right with her family. She had some difficult relationships. And so she made calls and, and, and down to her family that lives in this city. And through uh, that reengagement and through uh, reaching out to her family, um, the, the, both of her, her sister got baptized Her mom got baptized and her grandma got baptized. So we'll close with a a quick video of them getting baptized and then uh, Steve's going to kind of have some concluding thoughts for us before we take our offering.